welcome to Cosmic Dust, everybody, to episode two of season two. Hello. We out here. Season two, episode two. How you doing, Susie? Yep. I'm doing okay. You're doing I'm okay. doing okay. As you know, I told you I was like, I was like debating should I tell him I just woke up. Do but it. like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I just woke <laughs> up. Yeah, you do that. You do take the naps. I just got back from work. I am exhausted and wish I could take a nap. But we gotta record an episode. So here we are. Don't act like pizza doesn't give you strength. Uh, pizza gives me strength, but like in the moment of eating it and then like afterwards, then I just crash into food coma. So especially Bruno's. <laughs> Bruno's is very heavy on everything. They've been actually well, getting that's... kind of and this is not like this is not my hot take. This is like the popular opinion of like a lot of people in New Fairfield apparently. Fucking Bruno's pizza has been getting worse. Um is there like New Fairfield pizza chat? Like how, what do you mean like the general consensus? Like who do you speak to about this pizza? Like well, how do you just know? For one, everyone in my family has said like it's gotten worse and then ryan who lives in california came back home for a couple months and he was like damn this pizza got worse (laughs) so like and also all my 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 dad's friends say the same thing that they never eat there and like they're just like done with it but like i think we're like one of the only families in the town that still fucking eats Bruno's. But it's good. It's like, ah, it's good. But like, it's too much food. Like, I always order, I always order the buffalo chicken slice. And recently, they've just been drowning it in hot sauce. And it's just like, it's not edible. Like, you know when you put too much hot sauce on something and it's just like, you're just eating hot sauce? You ever had that? Um... Well, yes. I feel like you don't like spicy things. No, I do like spicy things. But you don't like hot wings. I eat the hot wings from Wingstop. I just, I had a, I was having a moment in my life where <laughs> hot wings were giving me a panic attack. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. For like, for, for reasons that definitely don't make me a psycho. But. Hey, man. Um. The panic, the hot wings, I would like to announce the hot wings panic attacks are over. That era of my life has closed and we are now in the hot wings loving era. And I like to be here. I'm I'm glad to be here. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So have you had hot wings that are just drowned in like buffalo sauce and it's like, dude, like chill. Yeah. I, I don't like them when they're like, you know, dripping. And also just like buffalo sauce in general is like such a strong flavor. Like you don't need that much. Yeah, and it's on a pizza, too, so, like, it, it, if there's too much, the bread gets soggy, and it's like, oh, Ugh. my God, dude. I hate soggy How bread. How am I supposed to eat this? But I did it anyway. It's still pretty good. I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess I will be the final judge. Yeah. I'll let y'all know. If you ever come back off. to Connecticut. That's true. If it's... I ever come back to Connecticut, I'll let y'all know if it fell off. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a good segue into what we wanted to talk about, which was moving. Mm-hmm. 
moving across the country. Um, hopefully, well, not hopefully, it's definitely happening now. Uh, in August, I will be moving to Austin, moving in with Susie and Carlos. Very exciting. <laughs> um, and as it gets closer and closer to summer, I am realizing that I have a lot to prepare for. <laughs> And I totally just ignored it this whole time. But I'm excited. I'm... I was going to say I'm ready, but I'm, cause, but technically I'm not ready. Like, I haven't packed anything. I still don't have a job. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm super excited. Um, Everyone in my life will, will remember the, um, like, I was completely ready to move. Uh, across the country, I went to school in Connecticut, so I was completely ready, you know, all up until August. And then August hit, and that was the month I was moving. And everyone in my life will remember the sheer terror that overtook me during that month. I was mm. like, if I don't go, you can still get your deposit back. I can just stay here. It's fine. <laughs> I don't need to go. I don't want to go. I just, I was suddenly confronted with the fact that I was going to have to move a bunch of my crap and, you know, myself to somewhere that like I'd been twice and that I didn't know anyone except for like one Me. person and so, <laughs> and so yeah I I was consumed with fear I I remember uh, this time I do remember this time you were very I, much I considering just not doing it I couldn't eat I couldn't sleep and like I think this was just a combination of the fact that, like, I am a very anxious person, and I was 16. Yeah, unquestionably. Um, anyway, I, I did end up moving, obviously. I always... I am very glad that I moved. It was a really cool experience. It was nice. Do I think Connecticut is, like, the best place to move to ever? No. 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 Connecticut has nothing to offer, really, except for it's very, very beautiful. Um, and that's it. And Everything else about it is kind of garbage. Um, sorry, Connecticut. Uh, so no, I'll basically move back to Texas. <laughs> um, and there's not a ton great here, but we do have good food. And that is something that beats Connecticut pretty hard because where I lived in Connecticut, there was like a Wendy's and a Taco Bell. Well, and the, you, like the pizza place closed at like 10 PM. You, so you lived in, uh, in stores though, which is like the middle of nowhere, Connecticut, which is, I know, which really it's sucks. It's a college town. Get, get, yeah, get better food. Yeah. But like, Yukon, okay, here's here's my here's my hot take on Yukon. Uh it's overrated. And that's no offense to your to your Ride really hard. <laughs> to your to your school. But I Dude, feel like you just offended my entire alma mater. <laughs> I, I ride like... really, really like I, I genuinely loved Yukon. It was a great school. No, that's that's I fair. Loved... I, I, I don't I don't doubt that the school itself is probably good. Um but when you are a Connecticut resident and you are in high school, and you are preparing to go to college, if you are thinking about going to college, uh, 
it is almost always drilled into you, like, oh, are you applying to UConn? You're going to apply to uh, apply to UConn, right? And, like, most people are just, like, subjugated to this, this idea that, like, oh, I got to go to UConn, obviously. That's, like, the school in Connecticut. Um, but it's not that great. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we definitely have that sort of vibe here um, in Texas. Like, we have to... Like, everybody applies to UT. Right, and right. almost everyone also applies to A&M, unless they have, like, familial ties to UT. In yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it was probably A&M is probably, like, the the same thing. Oh, UT and A&M, yeah. Um, everyone probably applies to those two schools. Um, I mean, I applied to UT. Uh, so, you know, and I, was, I wasn't I was applying to any Texas school, so I was like, I don't really want to stay in Texas. Um, right. But I, I still had to apply to UT. Like, they made us apply to UT at school. Yeah. Um, so my point being is, like, UConn was always portrayed as this, like, it was portrayed as, like, if you were to watch a movie about American college life, like, you would picture UConn. Like, <laughs> that. That's that's the best way I can describe it. But when you're actually at UConn, you realize that there's absolutely nothing to do in UConn, and then when you try to like go and see what's outside of Yukon, you see a bunch of farms and grasslands of nothing. And it's like, yeah, I remember, where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad driving me uh, to move, like, like to move in. We flew up and there's like no airport near um, oh, no, Yukon. So you have to drive. So we went to the car and we drove and we're just driving through the middle of nowhere. Just just nowhere and he's like where's where's the school <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was there, there was the school yeah and it, and it was all lit up you know but it was just like pitch black everywhere and then all of a sudden a school yep. and like the campus itself is very beautiful oh yeah and it's super, they super generally nice try to make it so that you don't have to leave the campus area like there's like a downtown area with a grocery store and restaurants and shops and they got a karaoke bar the freaking year after i left so like <laughs> Fake. Yeah, that okay. is kind of fake. Fake. Um, it's okay. Southern got a cat cafe near them as soon as I left, so. That's pretty fake. That is fake. Um, so yeah, they. It was like getting better as I was leaving because I don't even think they had had the downtown area um, until like my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So it was getting better as I was leaving, but I can't imagine like how freaking boring it must have been to people who weren't super into parties. Right. Um, for like the years prior to that, because I really not a party person. Um, I went to like two, <laughs> and one of them was just because my roommates had it in our in, in room, so like yeah. I couldn't not go. Like, well, t- take this for for a <laughs> shot. I I was a party person, and I still thought UConn was boring as shit. So. <laughs> Oh, you never went to the new parties because the uh, only time you were at no, UConn I, I, was. I went to, I went to two, and one was a show technically. So. Did you go to UConn after I left? Uh no. Right. <laughs> no, I tried to contact you when I was there. I don't think you answered me. 
You're a bitch, you know that? Okay. Um, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Why am I the bitch for... I tried I to always get answered your messages. You. I always answer your messages. Don't talk to me like, oh, you didn't uh, answer me. I answer you when you call me at three in the morning asking for the damn Netflix password from okay, Japan. So don't true. talk to me about <laughs> I don't answer your messages. Okay, but you didn't answer me this one time for some reason. You're probably asleep or something. Like, it was a late night show. Um, and we were just... It wasn't even on, like, the Yukon campus. It was, like, just outside of Yukon. Um, but it was, it was my friend's, uh, house show for his band, and likely it was fun, story. but, like, likely story that but, I got a but it was at UConn, so the house was, like, maybe, like, you know, 25 feet, like, by 25 feet in a living room, and you have, like, a hundred kids just stockpiled in there, and it's sweaty as all F, and I'm just like, dude, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely, my Yukon party experience was like, I went into the basement of some house, which, okay, part one, I'd never been into a basement before in my freaking life. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, this is what basements are about. That's chill. Very. It's just a room underground. underground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's people in it. There's a lot of people in it. There's more people in this house than should be in this house. It's that's, sweaty. That's usually how it goes, yeah. And, like, people are trying to talk to me, but, like, I can't hear anything. Yeah, because, because the music's blaring. The music is so loud, and, like, wh why is this the preferred way to socialize? It's, it's like not it. even, though, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I would, like, at, at this point in my life, I would like to go to a party, like, just to experience it, like, because I think I'm a little bit less shy and also not 16 years old. That's fair, yeah. Um, at this point in my life, I think a party would be appreciated. Yeah, I think I think it's very important to drill the fact in that you went to college when you were 16. I think that's very yes. important. <laughs> yeah. Um, I turned 17 like two months in, so... Let's right. be clear. Uh, I mean, you were still 16 when you entered, so it's like... I was... That's why, that's why I said I was 17 two months in. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Did not misrepresent myself. <laughs> um, in any case, I think it would be fun now, but at the time, it was kind of terrible. And then, I, so I got friends who, like, weren't super into partying, so by the time I might have been receptive to it, like, perhaps in my last year of university, like, I just didn't really have the... The, uh the friend group who was like about partying or would even like get together for you know group get togethers we just kind of like mm -hmm. hung out at the student union yeah which like you know that's a vibe but like well. i played cards against humanity with mormons <laughs> which is like okay <laughs> you know yeah if that tells you anything about my life <laughs> uh in college yo get a little crazy Playing cards against humanity with Mormons. <laughs> nah, I, I'll tell you firsthand that uh, partying is overrated and is, like, only fun in the moment, and the moment lasts maybe for, like, an hour. <laughs> so it's... it's I, I just... You're generally not missing out on anything. I said I feel like I missed out on some essential life experience. Uh, it's... It's not essential. It really isn't. Like, but, you know, you look at you know, like, you look at like 
the way we talk about college, like in our culture, like not even just in movies and books, but just like the way that like people speak about their college experience. Like these are some of the things that get highlighted the most, you know? Yeah, but it's not good. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> you know, not <laughs> good. <laughs> it's it usually isn't, but like it is just this like it is an integral part of a lot of people's experience and it is like one that tends to dominate the conversation about their experience and so like i feel like i just like i'm missing this way to connect with other people like even if we're talking about it in like a negative way like i don't have like i don't have anything to contribute to the conversation because like if you want to talk about negative experiences and you know or if you want to talk about like negative moments in my college experience like it's not i puked behind a tree it's like emotionally harrowing moments <laughs> right right oh believe um, me i mean you have those too and they can happen at parties which is not good <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it's like you know what you know what's a what's what's something you remember for your college experience it was super crazy it's like oh it's not not a big fight at a party and i threw it behind a tree and we then I got arrested. Like, nah, it was like um, I ran a detached and I had to go to the hospital at three in the morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not fun, not cool. Uh, but like that really just doesn't it doesn't have the same vibe as like epic party. No, fuck up absolutely night. not. Because like <laughs> you know, while those things you know are generally negative, um, they're they're like fun stories to tell. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Telling like, a story have, about like, how your how your retina detached is not fun. <laughs> I don't think anybody's fun. gonna think that's funny or or you know or cool or amazing or whatever. Like, I just yeah. don't have like these fun like oh my god look at my look at my terrible decisions. Uh, but I can tell stories. you, I can tell you that nobody nobody who tells those stories. Uh, how should I say this? The people that tell stories like that and are proud of it still haven't gotten out of college. Uh, no, for sure. But it's like, I don't like it's nothing. To it's be like, proud I don't of think anyone's I mean. proud of them, but like, I it's just like, yeah, like, you, you at least you have, have them. If yeah, I get you. You at least have them for the conversations in which they come up because people do talk about them even in like, a, oh, my God, look at how embarrassing they were sort of way. Yeah. And you all just like connect over like how embarrassing you were in college and it's just you have these funny videos it's just like oh my god look at me i can't believe i did this these text <laughs> messages just oh my god these memories that you can share both yeah. with the people that were there and people who also have terrible like life experiences that you can laugh and say like oh my god look at how far we've come look at the way we used to be and i'm like um i don't necessarily have that experience yeah. uh and it, it definitely makes me feel like a little bit left out. And I don't necessarily think it's because I went to college at 16 that I don't have these experiences. I think it's just like my temperament. Well, I think, um, it, I think and just it has like the friends that I had. I think it has a little bit to do with it. No, because I was like when I was 16, you know, I was going to like raves and stuff. So like it's not that I didn't have like the well, capacity to, to you, party. You had to, had to deal with the fact that you were, you know, going to parties with people who were much, much older than you. Yeah, yeah. But like raves are, you know, all ages type thing. There's I had like rave friends who were much older than me as well. So it like wasn't an entirely different dynamic, um, other than the fact that like now it was at college and it would just have required me to make different friends. And the right. friends that I did make just weren't super yeah. about the partying scene, you know? 
and I yeah, of never had like a friend like mm, I guess I just struggled in college to find friends who fit me where I was which was I had a lot of nerdy interests and I did like to stay in but I also did like to go out and talk to other people and I just had trouble finding people who fit that exact niche of people because it's not like Yo, same. super common <laughs> to find people who don't mind staying in and playing video games and watching anime but also don't mind uh going out you know yeah yeah no, you seem same. like two very the... separate groups of people <laughs> i had the opposite problem i had i had the problem where i had so many friends that wanted to go out and do shit all the time and like there were just some nights where i was like okay but like what if we stay in and like fucking play mario kart or something <laughs> and it was right. and I, it was never ever like it was never like that like we always went out and i i struggled to find uh like friends who wouldn't mind staying in or like didn't want to go out every single weekend um all of my friends always wanted to go out every weekend uh and all right. mind you but the weekend started uh Thursdays. On Thursdays. Thirsty yeah. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, but the conversation wasn't supposed to be about college. It was supposed to be about moving. So That's all true. that aside, but how you know are what, you feeling about <laughs> moving? How are you feeling about moving? Um Because I think I think I'm I'm gonna do a really cool segue here. Okay, cool. All of these college experiences, <laughs> you've had them in the same state you've lived in for your yes. entire life. Yes. So you're now moving on to an entirely different chapter of your life that includes an entirely different state and you get to leave all of this all of these things that have happened to you in the past behind you can be an entirely different person in texas nobody knows you except for me and carlos so how are you feeling about i'm fucking ready (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm definitely excited for it. Um, okay, but side note, how'd you like my how'd you like my seg? It was good. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited to move and uh, start a new chapter. Uh, potentially be a completely different person. You know, all that stuff. Um, it's gonna. Oh. You know, there's definitely gonna be a huge adjustment period just because of like uh living in a completely different climate uh time zone uh different societal norms i'm sure um you know austin may be a blue city but texas is very red connecticut's obviously pretty blue but i live in kind of a red town apparently so i don't know (laughs) we'll see Um, what happens yeah for sure i definitely had some weird culture shock uh like it's not super hard to get used to the time difference it is only an hour yeah, yeah, I had um, some climate shock when I moved to Connecticut, and yes. yeah, like I said, culture shock. Like, um, people oh, the, look at you weird when you talk to them in elevators yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. You, you it's really normal to talk to people in elevators here in Texas. Which I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of trouble with that because, and people are gonna, people are gonna think I'm rude as shit because, like, I'm not gonna want to talk to them in an elevator or something. <laughs> it, and it's not even just like it, not like having a conversation. It's just yeah, like, it's just like you know, stepping in and being like, "Howdy," you know, like just yeah, stepping in yeah. and saying like, you know, "Oh man, the weather's kind of crazy today," or just, you know, when you step out of the elevator, have a good day, you know, because I've right. spent, you know, I've rode the elevator with you for five floors now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's just like not common here in the Northeast for some reason. Everyone just gave me these ugly looks when I did it in Connecticut. I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're just like, like we're I cold. I feel like we're the cold, cold makes bitter. you bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets into your bones. And, and we're just like, bitter. dude, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel that though. That's like, that's like in my blood, you know, like if a stranger like, and, and to be fair, you are a stranger to those people. Like, if if you're, like, starting to, like, start up a conversation with me or just, like, say anything to me, I'm just like, dude, like, it's fine. Like, we can just do this humane thing that humans do all the time and we don't have to speak to each other. I don't feel that you, you shouldn't have to feel the need to, to say something to me in this elevator. But, again, I guess it's just different other, other places. <laughs> or, sure, for sure. Just um, like Japan, I was gonna. Are say you so. gonna? Are you gonna um, reinvent yourself uh, when you move here? I momentarily thought about giving myself a Texas accent that I don't have when I moved to Connecticut. <laughs> um, but then I was like, wait, what if I make a friend and then I bring them down and then all my family's like, what the fuck? When did you get a Texas accent? <laughs> and my cover will be blown. Um, no, I so I decided not to do that. But I like, feel I like could I'll... have. I'll already be, like, reinvented somehow. Like, I feel like just the way I normally am will be so foreign to the people of Texas that it'll just be like, yeah, that guy's not from here. <laughs> you're, too, you're too bitter. You gotta be nice. People are gonna know you're an import. <laughs> yeah. But Austin's full of imports, so, you know. And it's awful, so be nice. <laughs> I'll be nice. You know, I won't say hi in the elevator, but I'll be nice. You should give him a nod. Just give the just just give, give him a, a nod. I'll give him a nod. I can I can give a nod. Give the head nod of acknowledgement. Of approval. You exist, and we are existing in this elevator together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, super so, excited. I. Uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about packing up all your crap and bringing it? That's gonna be like. See, that's that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that I have yet to figure out how I'm doing. And it's funny because I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday. And um, I have a car now. And it's like, okay, I could drive 26 hours to Austin, Texas, or I could get like a car company to move the car, which is fine. But then it's like, if I don't take my car and if I don't drive there, where am I gonna put all my stuff? How am I gonna get my stuff there? Then I have to get, like, a whole other moving truck to, like, send the, the stuff to the apartment. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's a lot of money. <laughs> um, I'm gonna pay for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is kind of crazy. Um, I had thought, like, what if I just... Because airline tickets are relatively cheap at the moment. I was like, what if I just fly there and then we can drive back together? But that is... Again, an expense. Um, yeah. Because then you have to pay for the airline ticket. But driving 26 hours by yourself just sounds like uh, a oh, way to die. No, it, it would be awful. And my parents already don't want me to do that. Um, but it's just so much more expensive to, you know, move the car and move your crap and move you. You know, it's just like, what's the, what's the, yeah. what's the least expensive way to move across I, I the may, country? I may talk to my brother and see if he wants to go down with me and then maybe he could take a plane back 
but I've no oh, idea yeah, how yeah. comfortable that is with that because you know COVID is still a thing in our world, so it's like airports scary. Hey man, the vaccination. That's true. Sweeping the nation. Yeah, that's a um, true point. <laughs> I think Texas. I think on Monday, either this Monday or next Monday, is making all adults eligible for the vaccine. That's cool. Um, I. I don't exactly know when, but like Connecticut can't be that far behind. No, um, I should honestly, I should be like eligible, eligible before my age group because I work at the university. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back for that, but like either way, yeah. I can get it in I like technically, May, like May 1st. I technically am eligible. I can get it at any point. Um, I'm like a high-risk individual. Ooh, um, hashtag I can, high risk. <laughs> I can get it anytime, <laughs> but it is like it's been such a struggle to get them here in Austin because it's such a big city. I know people yeah. in my hometown who are getting them, um, and they're even getting them. Like there's just ex there's so many extras that people who aren't high risk, who don't work in schools, just the general population can get them. Mm -hmm. Um, but. I live in Austin, and so it's just a massive city, and it's just really hard to get appointments, um, which sucks. I've like genuinely thought about going, um, going down to my hometown to get vaccinated, just because it'll be, it's, <laughs> it seems easier to take two eight-hour road trips than it does to get a vaccine here in in the city. Honestly, you're probably right, but you know, you know, eventually everyone's, no. I think, is gonna have a, you know by the summer hopefully I'm saying that yeah hopefully. so airports will be less stressful so maybe your brother would be more receptive but yeah. i don't know how you feel about austin austin or being roped into help you moving that or too being roped into <laughs> helping you moving i dropped a verb there it's all right i don't even speak english <laughs> but uh yeah i'm excited i like looking for apartments i enjoy doing that we found one that did find one, one of the boys needs to call about because I won't true. do it. <laughs> yeah, I called the other place. Carlos, it's Carlos's turn. He's got to make the phone call. <laughs> oh, okay. I can tell him to do that. I just, it's just like, I think it was just a, it was a standoff. It was like, who's going to do this? Because I just said one of the boys do it. And Yo, one of the I boys know. looked I at each like, other like, to me? <laughs> I was like one, of, one of the boys do it. And the boys looked at each other like, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all have phone anxiety probably. I don't even I don't I don't even know if Carlos does, but I mean he seems like the person to have phone anxiety. So I just like I assumed that he probably did too. Um I don't necessarily think he has phone anxiety. He does have some anxieties about things. But Carlos is like a generally confident socializer, which is pretty incredible. Like I think it's it's pretty amazing how confident he is in socializing. Um, at least if he has phone anxiety, it doesn't seem to stop him from like doing it. Doing which is same for me. Anything, which is really cool. Um, yeah, you know he has like phone interviews all the time. He's always willing to uh, make phone calls for me if I need to. It like doesn't seem to like it. It doesn't seem to. Like, if he has phone anxiety, it doesn't seem to be this big, gigantic, impassable wall like it is for me. It seems to just right. be, like, a a little hurdle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the same for me. It's not, like, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't get to the point where like, I just like, don't make the call, but like, I will definitely like fiddle faddle for like an hour beforehand and be like, uh. <laughs> yeah, my phone anxiety is straight up. Like I will not make this phone call unless it is like life or death or like incredibly monetarily necessarily necessary. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I need to go to the doctor really bad, but I need to call my insurance so I don't have to pay $200. Okay, I'm going to make the phone call, but I'm going to cry about it first and then put it off for two hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, and otherwise, like, if it was like, um, you need to go to the doctor uh, and you need to make a phone call to your insurance or else it won't be $20 or else, like, it's going to be $20. Yeah. Like, you could call the insurance and it could be free. Or you could not call the insurance and you have to pay $20 at the doctor's. I would pay the $20. Like, that's not worth it enough. It's always like a cost-benefit analysis. Oh my god. For making a phone call. I can't. It's too much. It's it's just, it's a it's a really hard, like, wall for me. I don't really know why. I'll, I'll get over it, hopefully. One day, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> One day, maybe. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I just, I'm like a very anxious, um, very, very anxious person. Just like, not just about phones, about socializing in general, just going outside. I'm incredibly agoraphobic, which, you know, like I said, uh, makes me sound just kind of weird, but it's okay. I, I have hope that I will treat my anxiety one day, either through therapy or medication, um, if therapy proves to be not helpful so i'm working on it and, yeah. and I, also, I see like COVID i ending. hope for a future one day in which uh i can go outside yeah i think I, my I think anxiety might is, feel better once covid is over too oh i mean i haven't gone outside um since way before covid started that's fair so <laughs> But I've been agoraphobic long like, before COVID. Yeah, but now that the option of like, you know, before during COVID, it was like, you can't go outside. And it's like, oh shit, like, I want to go outside more than ever now. Like, at least that is being taken away. Like, at least you can go outside and maybe that'll help you a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> hey man, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to give you hope where I, I, I just drag you along to places I go, so. Mmm. Mm. You want tears? Because that's how you world. get tears. Outside world. Outside <laughs> world. <laughs> I can go a maximum of a one place every two days. Oh my so god. Take your pick where you want me to go. Oh boy. And that's see, that's the worst part. You see what because, I'm gonna like, live with viewers? I haven't been outside in so long. Yeah exhausting so like if you try to take me to more than one place every two days i will have an absolute meltdown in the store and then i've just set myself back like now it'll be i can only go to one place every three days uh. so i really have to like <laughs> respect my limits and boundaries so that hopefully one day i can like push those limits and boundaries so maybe i can start going to one place every day you know yeah yeah um, i mean I, on paper it makes sense out loud it's like holy shit are you serious <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really bad, and it really does suck because yeah, like I always tell everyone this: like no one is more frustrated than me about like 
my inability to go places um because it does it, it it's frustrating to me like no one's more frustrated than me well yeah and about a lot of it has to do things. with how like you know a lot of places are inaccessible so it's like of course you and it just adds inside. to this anxiety that yeah. i have you know like so i have to i have to hope that you know the more i respect my boundaries the the farther they'll 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 go and i can you know get back to get a relatively there. normal level of functioning You'll just like as as of now it is it, it's it's annoying for me um just because it it is really irrational and i can recognize that it is really irrational but i have to just i have to respect my anxiety in a way to understand that it is just trying to keep me safe and it is just trying to prevent me from uh being in danger and it sees being outside is a danger at the moment and i have to slowly let my anxiety know that it's not a danger you know that i'm not in danger every time i go outside and it's just a process being gentle with myself i yeah. think is a very it's been like a feature a of feature. <laughs> my self growth yeah it's just trying to learn to be gentle with myself yeah i think that's not just in this but in a lot of things i think that's something that everyone can kind of take into practice for sure which um brings me to the topic i brought to the i brought to the podcast what's your topic being gentle with myself is something that my therapist recommended um because i was saying i struggle um with like depression just this low level sadness that just kind of like permeates my days and just trying to figure out like why because like on paper my life doesn't seem that terrible you know like for all intents and purposes things are going pretty well for me as far as like things are are supposed to be getting better they look like they're getting better and yet my depression just continued to be there just adding just this tinge of gray to everything i did yeah and i was confused i felt upset like why am i still depressed you know um and we came to the realization that my life experience is sort of butting up against the um american perception of what life should be i think the american perception of what life should be is that we should seek to have as much happiness and comfort as possible our life goal is to be as happy and comfortable as possible and in a life like mine that has things that are objectively sad in it, like my life will inherently be worse than other people's if we if we use that metric of measuring what a good life is. Right. And that's making me sad because like I'm upset that my life isn't good by these standards. Yeah. So my and, topic and is And it also doesn't help that like uh, America, quote unquote, American society is also based around able-bodied people as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's just like people already see me as less because I have a disability, and then like their perception of my life is less because I have these objectively sad things going on, right. both relating to my disability and also just not like just there are things that happen in my life that are objectively things that someone would want to be sad about, and when I'm sad about them. I feel bad about being sad about them because it's like, oh, shouldn't I strive to be happy? Shouldn't I strive to cheer up and get over this, you know? Right. And not letting myself 
not being gentle with myself and letting myself feel sad about things that rightfully make me sad is causing this like these unfelt feelings to follow me around like like the depression cloud i was talking about so the topic i wanted to talk about is what do you think the purpose uh of life is because i'm trying to figure out um <laughs> what mine is holy shit <laughs> so that i can feel uh a little bit better because if america says the life or the american culture says that life's purpose is to be happy i'm never going to feel good about my life so i need to find what i think uh meaning of life is and i have no idea so i thought why not ask other people so i'm gonna ask you because i respect your opinion thanks <laughs> it's a large question to ask but i asked you if you it. wanted me i asked you before we started hey, you know recording what? do you want to know it. and you said no surprise me <laughs> so here i am no i think okay so here's here's what i'm gonna say i think that while the American perception on how to live life uh, is, you know, ultimately to, it's not even to make yourself happy, it's to comfort yourself. It's to surround yourself with things that uh, typically will make you happy uh, in the moment and also to consume. Um, that's what I think the American version of, of living life is. Um, you don't have to follow this rule, uh, especially if you live in America. Um, for you, I would say that the most important thing for you to figure out is learning how to accept that the depression cloud and the anxiety and the stress are always going to exist um, and understand that though it's very difficult right now uh, things can change in the future for better or for worse it could get worse but when things get worse ultimately at some point they will get better um, that's the way I see life uh, that's the way I've always seen life. Uh, I've, and I could say the same thing. Like there are a lot of things that have happened in my life that would make certain people inherently sad for a long time. I was sad for a very long time. Um, but the way I see it is that there will always be a part of me that will feel that depression and that anxiety um this is like this is the first year i've ever been on any type of medication to help with any of my issues and it's helped out a lot for me um for anxiety um like i i barely even notice it anymore but it's still there it's still existing. It's still like in my brain somewhere. Um, just because it's suppressed at the moment doesn't mean that it's not there. Those feelings are always going to exist no matter what. Um, and learning to accept that they're always gonna be there, even in moments of happiness, in moments of joy, like, you have to understand that there is a balance and accepting that balance of like 
essentially like yin and yang. Like one is not going to exist without the other. And if you can learn to accept the bad, then you can also inherently learn to accept the good as well. So that's that's my best advice to you. Um, I think that you know therapy obviously helps. I feel like therapy has been helping you a little bit more this go this go around. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's hard because people, every, everyone's different, right? Everyone's got their different approach to things. Everyone has a different way of coping. Everyone reacts differently to different types of medication. But it all comes down to learning how to accept that we will always feel times of bad and we will always feel times of good. And it could be even simultaneously at the same time. So... Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing that you should learn and focus on is learning to accept those things for what they are. I guess what, what I am trying to do is not... Hmm, okay. I guess sort of what I am trying to do is, like, have you ever, have you ever just, like, felt absolutely awful about something and had like a gross disgusting cry about it and then like felt better uh yes there's a catharticness to uh like crying screaming into a pillow uh you know for kyle's punching a wall uh <laughs> you know it, it, <laughs> okay there's so catharticness I'm... to that yeah so what i am trying to do is almost apply this this method to every feeling that that I feel mm -hmm. you know like I just want to let myself feel however I feel without any particular attachment to the connotations of that feeling I guess like I don't want to feel bad for feeling bad because it, other people might be not wanting me to feel sad because obviously no one likes to see their friends in pain but I think our natural response is to tell them like don't cry you know and then it, you're like oh mm -hmm. shit they don't want me to be upset so I'm going to try to wrap it up as soon as possible. Yeah, but like, it, instead of being like, don't cry, you should say it's okay to cry. There's yeah, yeah, just if you can let it out, and then you'll feel better, right? So I want to feel joy without, you know, feeling like maybe other people are going to feel weird about me feeling happy. Mm -hmm. um, I want to feel sad without making other people feel weird. You know, I just want to feel yeah. whatever I want to feel, and hopefully that cathartic feeling that happens when you cry really bad will happen you know when i feel happy and like i'll be like okay the emotion is done you know like however i felt about that situation i have now processed all of the emotions that came with that situation and i can go forward you know like yeah now i can go forward and i won't be dragging around this cloud of depression that stems from me not dealing with all of the things like yeah. from me not feeling all of the feelings well, that's that that's, I should have felt in the moment. Yeah, that's another thing I would I would say about uh, American culture is the idea of bottling up your emotions. I think that is a very common thing that I've seen in almost all of my friends, um, even you know my family to a degree. I think that is something that uh, we are 
taught to do from a very young age is to kind of just like suck it up. Um, and girls to an extent, I think, I think that, uh, girls are allowed more leeway to, uh, We're definitely allowed more, a more leeway, emotions. but there's definitely like a wall. Like when you hit, when you hit yeah. the limit of like, okay, you're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to stop. Wrap it up. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to stop. Yeah. And for guys, that limit is a lot smaller. And I think, I think my problem is I generally have a lot of, of guy friends so when I go to them with my problems, they're like, don't cry, cheer up, it's okay. You know, and I feel like I have to wrap it up a lot, lot sooner. Right. Um, because I, I'm like, I'm making my guy friends uncomfortable. Not because like, not, it's not, it's not their fault. It's just like this box that they get placed in where they're incredibly uncomfortable with sharing their own emotions and also seeing emotions in other people. Like they yeah. don't, nobody tells them how to comfort someone who's crying. When really the answer is just let them, like just let them cry yeah like they're gonna stop crying and they're gonna feel better you know like that yeah. like it, it feels good to let your emotions out and i wish that like i wish that there could be a cultural shift in which that was like okay like we don't say don't cry we don't say cheer up we just say like you know feel it let it out you're good feel however you want to feel about the situation feel however you need to feel about this situation and express that you know however it comes to you yeah this emotion will pass and you won't carry it into the rest of your day you won't carry it into the rest of your life you'll carry it as a memory of emotion and you may feel that emotion again when you think of that memory but you won't be carrying around this like baggage that says like here are all the things you never dealt with here are all the right. feelings you never felt about these topics you know like you'll feel pain because a situation is painful but you won't drag up all of these complicated complex emotions that like feel almost like a monster do you keep adding to it if you never deal with them you know yeah. and that's yeah hopefully what i'm trying to do because like i said i think that a lot of my depression just comes from all of these situations that are rightfully they're rightfully the well i kept throwing them in the box yeah. Because they they were making me upset, and I think very rightfully. Like I think these are situations that would make anyone feel sad, not just me, but anyone. Yeah. And the narrative I was getting was just, okay, you're done. You can't feel bad about this anymore. We got to move on. You know, we don't have time. You don't have time. Move on. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, right? But, that was but to move on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to move on. <laughs> I had to stop feeling those things. Yeah. I wasn't like allowed to sit in the feelings as long as I should have. So, but never writes my question. My question is because, because I do feel bad. I can't, I can't even tell you what the meaning of life is. What I is it to you? Me. That's my question. Oh, because what does it tell I me? feel. Yes, because I think we all should have a personal, a personal um, meaning of life. Because mine, you know, like I have to find one for myself. Because if I yeah. keep measuring my life against what other people think the meaning of life is, and this happiness, I'm always gonna come up short. Well, so wait, what? It, if that's true, then if I tell you mine and, and you come up short to mine, then that's not helping at all. <laughs> well. That's why I just I want to get other perspectives because like the I, only one I seem to, the only one I can seem to find in like the general American media is just like 
be happy. Just yeah. be happy. That's the point of being alive is happiness and, and maybe not even happiness, but comfort. And, you yeah. know, my life is full of a lot of unhappy or uncomfortable situations that would mean that I'm inherently failing at life <laughs> by having well, these no. situations that yeah. are upsetting, you know? Like, yeah. by not just, by not pushing them away and saying, I'm going to be happy despite these things, you know? Yeah, yeah, by, yeah, By letting myself be upset about things that I should be upset about, I'm failing. So I want, I just want to hear other people's perspectives so that I can come up with my own. Because I think it can be really hard to break out of that mold without having seen anyone else so break out. Even if it's yeah. not, even if it doesn't fit me. Yeah. I, I want to know. I think that mine is similar to that, except that I fully understand that I'm not going to be happy all the time, right? So, for me, it's like, you know that, uh, I don't even necessarily know what it's promoting or what it is. I think it was a book or something, um, and it was that Japanese lady who was like, does this spark joy? Kondo, uh, yeah? Yeah. I feel like that is like my meaning of life, like, because like, if something for me doesn't spark joy, then I just like, I kind of just drop it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. Like, that's, I, I have enough, I have enough sadness and depression in the back of my brain. If you're not sparking joy for me, then just leave. <laughs> so, so. I, is the thing is, though, is what you need to understand is like, I don't even know if it's a Japanese thing, but it, it, in this idea of like trying to make yourself comfortable or make yourself happy, um, you have to understand that you will feel these things and you will feel upset sometimes, you will feel sad sometimes, you'll feel all these things. Um, but the strive and the, the you know, what the question you're asking like what is my drive to live like what is what is the meaning of life for me is to try and be as happy as i can possibly be um whether so, that for means you... no though Continue. okay sorry um whether that's through um like my passions or through my friends my family uh, all those things, those things all accumulate to things that spark joy for me, or things that make that make me happy. So, for you, the meaning of life isn't like to be as happy as possible. And if you're not being happy in that moment, you're failing. Right. Yours is obviously you put happiness above all, else, but you recognize that, like. To understand happiness, you have to understand sadness, too? Yes. So, like, both of these things exist? Yes. The meaning of life for you is to feel both happiness and sadness. Yes, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> I hope yeah. that at some point I will be able to have a quick, concise sentence on what I think the meaning of life is. Can... I will update you guys on <laughs> my progress. Um, yeah. And if you ever come on Cosmic Dust and uh, want to share what you think the meaning of life is, because I'm not just going to ask this to everyone. That's kind of a weird question <laughs> to ask everyone. But if you ever want to share uh, yours, I would be... Like I said, I'm 
I'm taking just applications for meaning. I'm taking applications <laughs> for meanings of life. So <laughs> hit <Yeah>. my line. <laughs> no, for sure. No, I just. We gotta I think do some meditation when I go down to Austin. I can teach you. I just think that way. everyone has like their own. I think everyone should have their own meaning of, of life, their own purpose. Yeah, for sure. And for I just, sure. I just want to see other. I want to see other people break out of this cultural mold of like, yeah, what, what we're told is the meaning of life, so that maybe I can feel comfortable figuring it out for myself. The meaning of life is that we are made of stars, and we are made of stardust, and our stardust accumulated into organisms, and we are now those organisms that live on this planet, uh and that's cosmic dust. I hate you. Um. <laughs> we are running up on an hour here, so. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, we got to both of our topics, you know, moving yeah. and the meaning of life. Of course. With a little detour at college. Yeah. A detour in mental health, you know. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, if you are looking to talk about what your meaning of life is, or your stupid college stories, come on. Or come something on that dust. you like, literally, come talk to us about anything. <laughs> yeah. Because clearly, we could go on forever. <laughs> we're we're up we're up for we're up for whatever. We're down for whatever. We're here for whatever. We're there for whatever. We're out here. <laughs> <laughs>